welcome to episode five of Metal Marmite. Can you believe it's been five episodes already? I can't believe it's taken us this long to only do five. <laughs> <laughs> but there, there you go. Uh, episode number five this week. Um, so episode number four, we did uh, Dio. Dio, yes. Yeah, a, a legend of heavy metal. Yeah. Uh, and you think you enjoyed that quite a bit? I really did enjoy the Dio stuff. Yeah, it was, it was, um, it was a pleasant surprise. And it was a really nice palate cleanser from the Iron Maiden stuff as well. So, <laughs> still hurts. That does still hurts. Yeah, uh, for me. Oh, okay, fair <laughs> enough. Well, yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, we're moving from one metal legend to another, from one singer of Black Sabbath to another, from Dio to Ozzy Osbourne, which is a pretty timely. Um, Discussion, I think, after the last couple of weeks. Given the news that's come out recently. Has yeah. Had, yeah. So, Ozzy, in the last couple of weeks that we're recording this, he uh, announced his retirement from touring, which for me wasn't good because I have tickets for um, his uh, tour, which uh, was first announced in 2019, do you know? <laughs> Before the pandemic. Fucking COVID. And uh, yeah, so uh, I think. That he made the right decision, though, due to his health and everything. It seems like he's not in the best of shape. Yeah, I think I think most people saw this coming from his interview, saying that he, you know, can barely walk at this point. So you know, why is he going out touring? You know, it's a bit, it's a bit much, isn't it? Mm. Um, so yeah, uh, as unfortunate as it is, I think he's made the right decision. It's not the first time he's come out and said, "I'm going to retire from touring," but I think at, um, at his advanced stage, this is probably going to be it. And not only that, he just won a couple of Grammy Awards for uh, Lifetime Achievement Award. No, no, uh, best rock album and best metal song. So that's that's good, you know. Um, for this I, I, year, for, uh, for this year, yeah, that's where my problem lies with this. As I think it's very much he they gave him the awards because he's in the news. As as if it's a bit of a lifetime achievement. Lot, thing. Yeah, I get it. But as a where is metal right now in twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three, I don't think he really deserved the these awards. But I've you know I I love Aussie, so I'm not gonna. It does kind of reek a little bit of a shit. We wanted to give him a lifetime achievement award, but we've already given it to yeah. someone else this year. I wasn't a fan of this latest Aussie album, um, but we'll talk about that a little, a little bit later on. Uh, but yeah, and anyway, at the end of the day, it's just an award ceremony. I don't think many people take the Grammys too seriously anyway. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not sure. All the, I don't all know. the Brit Awards, whatever, you know. I think they, the, the Grammys a little bit of a resurgence in the past 10 years, haven't they? They were a little bit of a joke, but then they went for a bit I, of I a resurgence. I think there's a lot of cutting-edge artists that won this year that probably deserve to win. I think the other problem is, um, is that a lot of, like a lot of award shows, it's becoming very politicised as well, isn't it? It's not yeah. necessarily about the talent anymore, you know? Yeah. But anyway, let's uh, divert away from that. Yep. So, Ozzy Osbourne, the Prince of Darkness, that's his nickname. Did you know? I did know that, yeah, Darkness. because I've seen it from <laughs> Little Mickey. You know, Mickey. Uh, uh, Nicky, little Nicky, sorry, isn't I it? I see, right. Adam Sandler film. That, that makes sense, yeah. So before we get into the the, the history of Ozzy and the, uh, the songs, mm -hmm. we'll do what we usually do, and I'll um, 
go into, we might have said this in the Sabbath show, I don't know, I can't remember, but what is your history with Aussie in general? Right, yeah, I think there's probably going to be a lot of crossover with the Sabbath um, throughout this episode, I imagine. But, um, yeah, again, very much like uh, I didn't even know who this guy was before Meet the Osbournes. Basically, oh, that was my first introduction to Ozzy Osbourne. And then I still didn't even know who he was when that show came out. I, I, I honestly, I was like, who are these people? Why is it like, why are they following the, I don't know. What are they, you know, like, and <laughs> yeah, then, I imagine it would have been the same for a lot of people at that point. And then like my mum told me, oh no, he was like, like, like a rock he was like a rock star in like the 80s and stuff and i was like oh okay i didn't know that you know and he had that um that uh anthea turner haircut <laughs> but yeah that was my first introduction to him obviously um musical wise uh probably wouldn't be until he'd be like the 2010s like maybe is when I first like really started listening to some Sabbath stuff. Um, I think uh, Changes obviously was probably the first Ozzy Osbourne song I heard, but yeah. not the original one. The Kelly one. We'll get to that later on in this episode. But that was obviously the first one I heard. Um, and then I think it probably would have been like Crazy Train or something like that. So Ozzy on his own before yeah. I heard anything with Sabbath. Yeah. And then Iron Man came into my world and I thought this song is amazing. <laughs> um, and then I listened to some more of the um, Sabbath stuff, the, the, mainly the hits. Not uh, Before the Sabbath episode, I hadn't listened to a lot of the album stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I'd heard things like War Pigs and um, one of the other songs. My mind's awful when it comes to that's the one thank you uh yeah remembering uh song names and artist names and band names i am terrible with lyrics i'm great with but remembering all that other stuff i'm really bad with that but um yeah so that would be my introduction to to ozzy osbourne mm. slash sabbath kind of slash kelly <laughs> slash them all slash them all yeah there you go <laughs> uh so i had to i had to look this up a little bit so uh my first uh memory of ozzy you had to look up your first memory no 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 <laughs> i i kind of kind of remembered it. Uh, so do you remember south park richard i do yes <laughs> do you remember when chef brought out that single chocolate salty balls i do yes it's a number one in the uk charts in 1998 it's a great song it was almost christmas number one that year as well was it there? yeah it's it was the surprising. biggest selling christmas number two since wham's last christmas in 1984 what was number one that year in 98 yeah uh spice girls unsurprisingly with goodbye my friend what a lovely christmasy song for you there not the chocolate city balls is uh I mean, but, you know, you know, each seventeen stay is like pretty depressing as well. Jingle bells, but it's still depressing. <laughs> anyway, getting back off topic, you know, the Spice Girls video has snow in it. So, yeah, you know, like, <laughs> get back. Anyway, get back on topic. What does that got to do with Ozzy Osbourne? You ask. He was in that episode, wasn't he? He was in a South Park. Yes, Aid, wasn't it? It was Chef Aid. 
Yeah, they, yeah. So, so basically, yeah. that song "Chocolate Soy Balls" was on the Chef Aid CD. Yeah, and that CD had a lot of bands on it. I can't remember exactly all of them now. That was my first uh, exposure to the System of Down, for example. I can't remember who else was on it, um, but Ozzy Osbourne had a song on that uh, CD, which I have not written down for some reason. <laughs> Which shows you how much of an impression that song made. I don't remember the song at the time. Uh, he did a song with DMX, Old Dirty Bastard. Uh, that would be interesting. I wanted to go back and listen to it, but I do not have the CD anymore, and it's not on streaming, so I couldn't find it. Oh, that was my man. first memory of looking at the back of the CD and going, who's that? Who's Ozzy Osbourne? I don't think I'd even know who DMX was at that point. To be honest, there's a lot of people on that back of the apart from the chef. So that's the only reason I got the CD for the yeah. salty balls. Yeah, basically yeah. that's why anyone got it, wasn't it? Yeah. Why most people got it. You know, the South Park was pretty big in '98. Yeah, late, South Park was huge. Yeah. Yes, like it was everywhere. It was like in, in wrestling and in like in like general TV zeitgeist. Yeah, you couldn't, yeah. couldn't get away from it, could you? Yeah, yeah. So that's my first uh, exposure to Aussie. And obviously the Black Sabbath stuff that followed with, well, as I explained before, uh, my dad. Oh, yeah, obviously. Uh, sorry, I forgot to mention as well, Little oh. Nicky as well, obviously. Little Nicky. Uh, it was a big, and then, and then like the, the bite in the head off the bat. Yeah, that's the story that we'll get into that a little bit later on. Yeah, that um, was, sorry, I forgot to mention that as well. Sorry, yeah. Cool. Yeah, but that, that's my first exposure and that, and obviously listening to Black Sabbath and my dad gave me the, well, he recorded vinyl onto a cassette. Impressive. Yeah, I don't know how he did that, but, you know, that's what they Were did. talk boy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you remember them? <laughs> yeah, from uh, Home Alone. Home Alone, yeah, yeah. absolutely. What was it? Ho- yeah, it was Home Alone. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. Home Alone 2, was it? It was Home Alone, yeah. Well, both. Was it in both? Possibly. Maybe, I don't know. I don't really remember the second one that well. Oh, the second one, yeah, the second one he did, because he, um, he, didn't he use the voice changer to book a hotel room as his dad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Peter McAllister. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what a topic here. <laughs> I used to love my talk boy. So remember the advert as well. Stop slobbering on me. Stop slobbering on me. <laughs> sorry. That's sorry. That's all right. That, just come back to our youth. It's hard to Yeah. So uh, we'll go into the history now of Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he was born on the 3rd of December, so almost the same day as me, uh, 1948, in Aston, Birmingham. It's another 40s kid. Dio was born in the 40s as well. Oh, I think well, most of the ones we've covered so far were 40s kids, just because of the time period or whatever. Uh, yeah, in Aston, Birmingham, which I lived very close to at one point when I went to university. Uh, it's not about you, Tom. It's God. not about me. <laughs> I'm going to make it about me. Yeah, it's born uh, Osmond Michael Osborne. So, yeah, I was expecting you to. Uh, he was not born Osmond Michael. He was born John. John Michael Osborne. Oh, right. Why would I have any reaction to that? Well, that that's a perfectly His legit name is name. not actually Ozzy Osbourne. Right. I mean, that would make sense, though, wouldn't it? Well, you were yeah, born yeah. called Osmond, and, and, and then people call you Ozzy, for sure. <laughs> that made perfect sense to me. Why would I question that? Well, there you go. <laughs> okay, so what was his real name? His then? boring name is John Michael Osborne. So where the fuck does Ozzy come from, then? Osborne, I guess. Um, yeah, pretty much, we yeah. called him Ozzy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where it came from, yeah. 
Okay. So there you go. People name their kids weird stuff, man. Osmond Osborne is not the weirdest name we've ever heard. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. So uh, obviously he joined Black Sabbath in 1967, Mm -hmm. and uh, he would leave in 1979. However, he did have a little dalliance before leaving Sabbath with a singles career. Okay. uh, With uh, a band he put together called Blizzard of Oz. All right. Hence the title of the album, what we're going to talk about in a second. Uh, He was kicked out of Black Sabbath due to his drug and alcohol problems. Shocking, I know. Creative differences. Well, yeah. Even though he said that everyone in the band was fucked up at that time, so I didn't know what He was just even more fucked (laughs) up. Horribly. When the fucked up people think you're fucked up, you're too fucked up, man. I mean, uh, (laughs) the lead singer, man. Lead singers are always crazy, aren't they? Mm. They get all the floozies, don't they? So Yeah, so the Blizzard of Oz title was... um, Suggested by his dad, which I thought was pretty good. Okay. It, uh, so he had a little um, flirtation with that. Ooh. Flirtation Ooh. with the singles career for uh, recording the last Sabbath record he would record, Never So Die. So he was kicked out of Black Sabbath and uh, he got 96 grand in from the settlement of being kicked 79. out. 79. In 79. That's probably not that bad, now, actually, is it? Was... If you had to guess, what what do you think he would have spent that money on? <laughs> well, it's Ozzy Osbourne. Hookers and blow, right? Uh, not so much hookers, but yeah, coke, booze, any alcohol, any drug he could get his hands on. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, Black Sabbath manager uh, Don Arden signed him to his record label. So he obviously saw potential in Ozzy as a solo artist. Okay. But he had to keep Ozzy on the straight and narrow, <laughs> which was a difficult job. And he obviously wanted to protect his investment. Yeah. If you got Ozzy signed to your label as a solo Don't artist. Don't have a heart attack. Exactly. So he sent his daughter, Sharon, Ooh. to uh, Los Angeles to look after Ozzy, basically protect the investment, make sure Aussie's on the straight and narrow. And, uh, yeah, but yeah, basically just to protect the investment. And of course, him and Sham was falling in love and uh, would be married by 1982. And we go on to have three children. So in 1979, Aussie would form the Blizzard of Oz band uh, with drummer Lee Kerslake, uh, bassist Bob Daisley. And name, isn't it? Yeah, keep, keyboard is Don Airy, and most significantly of all, significantly of all, guitarist Randy Rhodes. That's a pretty cool name. I had a feeling you'd think that as well. It's not as cool as like Blaze. He's a butler. He's a butler and stuff. <laughs> but you know, Randy is Randy Rhodes. Randy Rhodes. Yeah. It, right. It, it it goes does well, doesn't it? You know. Yeah. So uh, I imagine. Obviously, Ozzy broke out on his own to do a solo career. I imagine there would have been a little bit of apprehension there to see, you know, if he could do it out on his own mm-hmm. about Sabbath, you know. But uh, he needn't worry because this uh, is a massive success. It became one of the top 100 uh, best-selling albums of the 1980s. I don't know if that's America, just America or worldwide, but that's what I've got written down anyway. So Blizzard of Oz is just the name of the album. It's not like he didn't go into, like, another band. He was still like him. But no, no, he, but dead, yeah. I mean, he obviously is in a band because he needs people yeah, to play the instruments, yeah, but it's yeah, not officially a band. It's just the name of the album. Okay. It's not the band. It's right. the 
Ozzy Osbourne is the focal point. Right, okay. You know, like Marilyn Manson. Yeah. Or Alice Cooper. Eventually, Alice Cooper didn't start off as one guy. It would become, oh, you're the figurehead, so you're Alice Cooper. You're yeah. But originally, when they started, it was just a band called like, Alice Cooper. Like Van Halen. But they're slightly different because there's two in a band with surname Van Halen. <laughs> so they kind of, yeah. But you get what I mean. Anyway, that's, it's, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. But, you know, they, they, <laughs> I mean, they, they never turned into Van Hagar, did they? So. Van Hagar, yeah. Oh, that, that, that's what that era of the band is called, yeah. yeah. Van Hagar. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get on to the song, shall we? Because that's what okay. people are listening to this podcast for, right? Yeah. Songs. They want to know what you thought of... Blizzard of Oz album. Mm-hmm. So obviously Blizzard of Oz, you want to start your album off strong. You want to start it off with the mega hit, the single of the the uh, the album, the big hit, the biggest hit of all. And that is, of course, Crazy Train. No, it's not Crazy no. Train. It's... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Everyone goes through changes. I was actually surprised when I came back and listened to it. I thought Crazy Train was the first song. I was like, oh, no, it's not, is it? It's uh, I Don't Know. Yeah, I don't know. The song is called I Don't Know. I Don't Know. <laughs> so, yeah, I Don't Know is the first song on the album, mm-hmm. uh, which I, don't know, I was want to say is a strange choice uh, rather than Crazy Train. But <clears throat> I don't know, it just started off out the gate pretty quickly. I don't know. But it's not hard. I probably would have started on looking back at it. Um, I, I think it starts off pretty well. Uh, the song is about um, not knowing stuff. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't know anything. That's what the song's about. Yeah, uh, it's about Ozzy being depressed about being kicked out of Sabbath and not knowing what is the next step. Okay. And feeling he had no future without the band sort of at that point this is probably written when he was well i say when he was doing drugs and getting a blitter out of his mind but that's pretty much all the time so i don't really know when this was written um but yeah there's a few things on this album that are like him like reminiscing about sabbath and whether he can go out on his own basically um a blazing blazing randy Rhodes with as well uh, before I give my opinion on this song, I'll ask for yours to start off. Well, I actually, I, I actually disagree with your um, assessment of um, what song you'd put up front because I okay. think if people think of Ozzy Osbourne at this point, they think of Sabbath, don't they? And this song, to me, the very first thing that jumped out to me is that it has that Sabbath sound, and I think yeah, it's a, yeah, slightly, yeah. I think it's a a comfortable way to bring people into your solo stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm still me. <laughs> yeah. I'm still I'm still yeah. I'm still, I'm still keeping it real. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm with you, man. Like <laughs> come come and listen over here. Look, there's gonna be some stuff. But I'm still the same guy deep down, all right? Yeah. Come, come. <laughs> I think it's a pretty good introduction personally. I don't think it's the very good introduction to the album, but given the context of the time Mm. And the fear of 
all of these Sabbath fans thinking, oh, he's going to go off on his own now and he's going to do all this weird, crazy shit, <laughs> you know, like, I'm taking Barbershop to strange new places kind of thing. Oh, man, that would be awesome. <laughs> I think it's a good way to introduce them to it because it kind of settles everyone down and they're like, ah, oh, okay, he's still, he's still that heavy metal guy. He's still that Sabbath guy. Um, and, yeah, I put it fits very well into his wheelhouse. Now, that's not to say I don't like it. Um, it's more just he isn't really pushing the bounds with this song, I don't think. No, He's not really taking Barbershop to strange new places, you know. So I think that as a fan, you would probably appreciate that as the first song on the album. So I think it's actually probably quite a good choice for the first song. As the casual listener who's not necessarily a Sabbath fan, who's now going in, in you know, 1979, did you say? 1980? 79 was when he left, yeah. I'm not now going into this album thinking, oh, it's just going to be, you know, like some weird, crazy, new, psychedelic, hippie, <laughs> you know? So I think that this would settle down a lot of fans. Um, but as a casual listener, yeah, it's not the most gripping um, intro to an album, which is what I always say you should do. Yeah. But I think that in this situation, given the circumstance, I actually think they made the right choice personally. Okay. Um, the only other comment I put is maybe it's just a bit too long. Maybe just a touch. Yeah, I think it's an okay song. I don't think it's one of my favorite songs on the album. It's not one I go back to a lot. Um, I think just because of how big Crazy Brain would be, you know, think that would be the one that started the album. But yeah, it's a fine enough song. Um, as I said, I don't really care back too much. But but there you go. Um, so I'm going to move on to the big hit of the album and the biggest hit possibly of Ozzy's solo career, mm -hmm. at least the one that people know. It's yeah. Crazy Train. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, with the uh, all aboard, yeah. <laughs> so I think that would have been a good opener for, hey, hey, for, hey, hey, hey. for the uh, for the album. You know, it's a real introduction. Oh, what the f is this? I agree, but I think that they went with the safe option. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Uh, once again, you've got another pleasing guitar riff from Randy Rhodes. This will be a common thread of this album. This guitar playing. Uh, what do you think the song is about? Uh, I'm assuming, given Ozzy Osbourne, it's probably something to do with heroin. No. Oh, okay. It's not about drugs or anything like that. It's about uh, the Cold War and the fear of annihilation. So the lyrics go crazy. But that's how it goes. Millions of people living as yeah. I'm just, I'm just singing it in my head right, at the okay. moment. Trying to, <laughs> I don't hear that. Maybe it's not too late to learn how to love and forget how to hate. So Ozzy Osbourne is a little bit of a hippie here. 
I mean, it could it's still be it could still be like taken to a, like a more personal level. Like maybe it's not too late for me. Maybe I can still turn my life around, kind yeah, of thing. Possibly. But, I mean, yeah, I didn't. I really didn't get Cold War from this. No, no. Maybe don't make your songs so upbeat and <laughs> like I mean, going off the rails on a crazy train. You know, the lyrics are there. Yeah, but it's not that happy song. We're going to go for a nice trip on the train. No, I know, but it's not exactly like, you know, yeah, it's a, we're all going to die. It's, it's, you know, it's an upbeat <laughs> song which makes you pumped, you know. Yeah, get, it doesn't get, make you think, saying. oh, my God, we're all facing our inevitable doom and one day someone's going to push the button and that's it, that's our whole species going up. We're gonna be it doesn't make you have an existential crisis. It makes you go, I can pump out one more rep. Come on. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it is probably the biggest Aussie solo song. Uh, Certainly not in chart position. I mean... That's the one I would say. Uh, Other than changes with I Kelly. I think, yeah, <laughs> I, I was going to say, I, I think it all depends on what generation you're talking to and what yeah. type of fan you're talking to as well. Yeah, so in 2021, it topped a Metal Hammer poll of top 50 Aussie Osborne songs, which is not really surprising. Yeah. Uh, it's his most played song live with over a thousand live performances. I imagine, yeah. Yeah. So, and it's uh, at 40 million Spotify listens. It's his most listened to song on Spotify. That's not hugely surprising. But it's not his most listened to song on Apple Music. We'll get to that a little bit later. Oh, well, okay. Is it changes? <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I'm not saying at the moment. But anyway, we go from one absolute belting, ripping song to another absolute heavy as mother effing no we don't we go to uh the first ballad of the album goodbye to romance <laughs> think of this song which is so I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna write read you exactly what i wrote down oh, interesting so okay it's a bit different i mean i'm not quite sure what i was expecting from the title to be honest with you yeah so you hear the title goodbye to romance you don't think super hard hitting heavy guitar riff and <laughs> shit like that do you you kind of think okay this seems like it might be a bit of a sad somber song yeah so yeah, I didn't really know what I was expecting, although I did like the guitar solo in it. I thought the guitar solo was very good. Um, and then one question I had to ask you about this song, I'm sure you're going to tell me what it's about anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wrote the question, is this song about death? Sort of. Because I got the heavy vibe that it was about dying. So this is the first song that was written for the album. Right. Um, it's basically him saying goodbye to Black Sabbath, basically. Okay. I want to say resignation letter. What's the proper... I mean, uh, it's not quite a Dear John, is it? But Yeah, yeah. it's basically it's like, you know, love letter to Sabbath saying, yeah. you, know, good, good, you know, goodbye to friends is one of the um, lyrics in the song. So it's, you know... Um, you know, so I'll read off some of the lyrics. I've been the king, I've been the clown, the jester with the broken crown, 
and the weather's looking fine, and I think the sun will shine again. So there's a little bit of positivity as well as a little bit of negativity. So I reckon this is a song he wrote quite soon after leaving Sabbath because mm -hmm. we've been confused and not knowing what the next step is in life. Uh, whatever. Yeah, I've got written here, still room for a Randy Rhodes guitar riff. Yeah, the, I mean, the, the, the guitar solo <laughs> is, is very good. Uh, even in this... Uh, I don't like, um, and there's a nice keyboard outro as well. But then ballads don't have to be like boring monotonous like traipses through the you know the soul and stuff like that i mean november rain has what five guitar solos in it and they are all awesome yeah true yeah, so yeah. i mean um, you can put a good guitar solo into a good mm. into a good ballad and this fits in there very well so i think this song's grown on me over the years i didn't really like it at first i don't hate it yeah i, don't, I wouldn't say it's fantastically memorable mm. like i don't think it's one of those songs that i'm like if it comes on i'm like oh yeah but i don't hate it it's yeah, yeah i, I think it's, it's more okay. listening to it back than i did when i got ozzy osbourne's greatest hits back in the day and it was on it i was like this is a bit boring isn't it what the heavy stuff yeah the heavy stuff now. <laughs> sometimes you need a bit of yeah you do yeah i think yeah sometimes you need to feel sad these next two these last two more laid-back sombre songs are setting up for uh, some Suicide Solution, uh, which is possibly the most controversial Aussie track. I'm surprised they were allowed to call it that. What, Suicide Solution? Yeah, I'm guessing that this must have had like an alternative name somewhere for a while. I, like, I, I don't see the American market, or, or the British market for that matter, allowing you to release a song with the word Suicide. Uh, an album with the word suicide on there? Yeah, I'm not sure parental, parental guidance things were a thing in 1980. I think they would come a little bit later. But censorship was a thing. And yeah. like you had radios that wouldn't play certain songs because of like certain reasons, you know? Yeah. I mean, so I don't think, well, Ozzy said the song isn't directly about suicide, but, you know, come on, the song was called Suicide Solution, so... It's more about the dangers of alcohol and drinking yourself to death. Mm -hmm. Hence the solution part of the title. Um, it was written about uh, the ACDC singer Bon Scott who lost his life through drinking too much, basically. So there, there you go, that's why. And uh, obviously this song would become a controversial one over the years. So there's a, a guy called John Daniel McCollum was 19 years old and killed himself in 1984 uh, listening to this song, basically. How do they know? Yeah, that's what they... There's a lawsuit filed against Ozzy by the parents, and they lost. And then they would file another lawsuit again years later and again lose, so they couldn't really prove it. That he committed suicide after listening to the song. Yeah, and mean, that's why it gets the... Like, I mean, if you're like... If you, like, walk into a room... And like someone's committed suicide, and like that song happens to be playing in the background, you don't necessarily know that they were listening to that song when they committed suicide. No, no. Um, but yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. Okay. Controversial. I hate saying that word because I hate repeating the same words over and over again. What did you think of the song itself as a song? Uh, yeah. Again, I mean, it has that sound to it. To me, it has the Sabbath Aussie kind of sound. Uh, I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing. The guy knows what he's good at. He knows what his voice suits. 
Uh, and, I, and I'm not necessarily bothered by that. You know, he, he knows, like, yeah, my, my voice is very unique. It has a unique kind of quality to it. This is what kind of suits that. That doesn't bother me. But other than that, it really didn't leave much impression on me, to be honest with you. We're on the same page so far, I think. Um, this is very much in the don't, I don't know category of um, yeah, it's meh. Yeah, it's nothing special, but I don't not hate terrible. it. It's not yeah, memorable it's, either. Yeah, um, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's just meh. I sort of some people listening would disagree with that opinion, but I've always felt it's a meh, a meh song. But whatever. Anyway, the next song for me is most definitely not meh. At all. In fact, it might be my favourite Aussie song. Really? I'm not sure, though. Well, we'll get to, to the other ones as we go along that might be contenders as well. But um, So, Mr. Crowley mm-hmm. is next. We get a very distinctive keyboard solo at the start. I wrote here, I love the 80s synth. Great intro. Yeah, yeah, that's what makes the song, is the intro. The creepy keyboard synth synth intro. Yeah, Yeah, I I love the intro. The intro is, it's beautiful, fantastic. It's a great intro. Good, Good. I'm glad you like that. Uh, so I, I'm not gonna. Um, it's pretty obvious. I think what the song's about. Uh, it's about know, Alistair Crowley. Alistair yeah. Crowley. Yes, he was a famous English occultist. Yeah, uh, as well as a magician, painter, poet, lots of other stuff. Yeah. but mainly known as there's, there's the sex cult guy. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. That's it, yeah. So <laughs> there, there you go. Oh, he was an ice mountaineer as well. Did you know that? I did not know that. But there you go. But most people I, would I, say Satan. Yeah, the problem is, yeah, is that when you like build, you know, like a massive sex Satan cult, people aren't really going to know that you no. used to like ice mountain in, in mountaineering. <laughs> it's like, oh, Alistair Crowley, the sex guy. You know, no, no, it's never going to be. Oh, Alistair Crowley, the painter. Hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. No one's ever going to say that. He was on the cover of uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club. He was a big. The Beatles. He was a big. Um, um, I hate to use the word cult um, um, icon in the same way that because he was a cult leader. But you get what I mean. Is like a loads of people like used him as like like the image is like um is it Chavo. Um, Oh, uh, Che Guevara? Che Guevara, yeah. It's the same kind of thing. Like, his image is probably more famous than he is, yeah, really, totally. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I've seen him on shitloads of stuff, like album covers, uh, magazine covers, uh, film posters, you know. He's, like, he's on all sorts of stuff, but I bet you most people don't know who he is. Probably, yeah. Um, not surprisingly, a couple of great riffs by Randy in this one, including a blazing one towards the end. Um, so, yeah, this song is fantastic i love it um what did you think of the song as a whole as a whole i think it's okay i loved the intro the intro was amazing i love the 80s synth stuff that was really cool in general it was okay yeah i thought i wasn't like 
it's not one I'm going to crack, cramble, scramble over myself to try and listen to again. Uh, if it comes on, I'm not going to be bothered, but I'm not also going to search it out, you know? It's a song to listen to in the dark. While you're high. Yes. And, <laughs> and having sex with like six other people whilst in wearing some a pyramid sort of on your head. Satanic cult. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> absolutely, yes. Whilst ice mountaineering. Yeah, it's one of my favourites. I'm not going to say it's absolutely 100%, but there's a couple. It's not 100%, but it's okay. I would, I would okay. put it at a, a hard 60. There's a couple of more that we'll start, or I'll mention a bit later, which I um, enjoy quite a lot. But to uh, the next one. Uh, no, no, sorry, no, no bone movies. Yeah. So before we even talk about the song, which was it about? So I didn't actually write a lot about the song because I was more, <laughs> I was, yeah, I was more intrigued by the title. No bone, no movies. bone movies. So is it movies that don't have sex or is he saying that there are too many movies that do have sex? So this was written by uh, Bob Daisley. About oh, a, such a boring name. <laughs> that's a that's a proper Yorkshire can of tea. Bob Deersley, yeah. down to road, down to road. It was written about his dislike of porno movies. Uh, okay, so it is moaning it's about, about it. films with yeah, too many. About yeah, films, yes. <laughs> so he got the idea after going to an adult film with Ozzy and Randy Rhodes. So imagine he was coerced into going. Right, peer pressure. Because I was going to say, why would you go if you don't like, like it? You just yeah. went for the karate or whatever. Okay. I don't know why you want to go to... I don't know why you want to see a porno with your mates anyway. I've I, never I, understood I think that. it was probably more of a thing back in those days, right? It's just when you had to go to a theatre to watch them. I mean, well, that, yeah. I couldn't think of anything worse. Why would you mm. want to go into a movie, a cinema... To watch a porno with loads of other people. I don't, I don't get Knowing that somewhere in there, someone is whacking off. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, oh, so, God, I couldn't think of worse. Uh, I used to hate it when, like, when you, like, when you were teenagers and, like, some, one of your mates put a porno on. It was like, that made me uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't want to be watching a porno. Like, if someone comes around and decides they want to put Babe Station on or something. Yeah, like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't want to be watching that with my mates. What the hell, man? That's just weird. Yeah, I mean, a film with sex in it is different than a sex film. Yeah, I don't come to one. I'm watching Titanic with my mum and sister when she gets her tits out. You know. <laughs> so, uh, so when they went to just go and see the movie, Randy called it a bone movie. A bone movie. Hence God. the title. What a loser. Go and see the bone movie with a name like Randy as well. You would have thought you'd come up with a better name than that, wouldn't you? <laughs> Jesus, come on, <laughs> yeah. So he spends most of the song, or uh, Ozzy, this is not Ozzy's lyrics, it's Bob Daisy's lyrics, but he goes most of the song about how disgusting it is. To go yeah, to I don't Paul get the, this. Is why I put at the end of it, so I was like, so this is obviously like movies that have sex in them, and then he was like basically slagging them off, and then I was saying. Maybe he's saying there are too many movies with sex in them. I, to be honest with you, I got so caught up with the meaning of the song, I didn't really listen to the song. <laughs> I'll read you some of the lyrics, if you like. Okay. Silver screen, such a disgrace. A blue addiction, I live in disgrace. Degradation, I'm being eaten by lust. Can't kick the habit, uh, the obsession of smut. Uh, voyeur straining in love with his hand. Good lyric. <laughs> a poison passion, a pulsating gland. 
That's that's a great lyric. Yes, yeah, that's a great. great lyric, Claire. But um, <laughs> but I do want to I, I want to point out the 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 um <laughs> the the awkwardness of it. So you are basically playing your music for a heavy metal audience, yeah. Now I'm not I'm not saying that heavy metal fans are perverts by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, there's this guy. But I imagine most heavy metal fans, whether they be male, female, or gay, or whatever, probably like sex, I imagine. Oh, metal fans? I'm yeah. sure there'll be some that don't, mate. I mean, maybe making that assumption, I guess. But I don't know. Like, <laughs> at this point in time, at this point in time, in the 80s, yeah. when it's all like hookers and blow and fucking sex must have been a big thing is it really a good idea to put a song in your album basically saying you're all disgusting all of you you filthy bastards yeah it really can be reinterpreted as going to just see a porno movie or that's cool or whatever I don't know but I mean I'm not necessarily saying going and watching a porno movie and I'm not necessarily saying that like um watching a porno movie makes you a pervert. I mean, I, I, I personally don't want to watch porno movies with other people, no. but I am not going to turn around and say I've never seen a porno before in my life. Yeah. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with pornography. But knowing your audience, that's like me having like a baking show and basically saying anyone that watches cookery programs is disgusting. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems a bit weird. Anyone that likes cakes is filthy and they're the devil. You know? Yeah, I think it's just a controversial subject matter. It just seems a very odd thing to do. It uh, feels like you're attacking your fans. Like, like but, you know, no, but, no, it's more attacking my, my, my all my fans are stinking pigs. Yeah, no, yeah, not all heavy metal uh, fans of sex obsessed. Uh, I don't know. I question that. Write in and let us know. Are you obsessed mm. with sex? <laughs> yes. Anyway, flaps. Um, Flaps, 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 flaps. I don't have that written down. No, that's a lyric in the song. Flaps. Oh, right. It keeps like, saying flaps. <laughs> I thought it was a song. Which uh, I think you can uh, gather what flaps is. Yeah, it's when what the birds do. Yeah. Uh, I did like the song as a whole, though. What do you think of the song? Um, yeah, like I said, I was kind of caught up with the... Uh... With the whole message behind the song, more than I listened to the song, um, I did write that it was pretty catchy. Yeah, it is. But um, towards the end, when it gets no bone, yeah, like a status quo song or something towards the end. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, it was. Um, I was caught up more in like the the the, the message of the, <laughs> and I was like, is he pro bone movie? Is he anti bone movies? Is bone movie a, a metaphor for for sex in movies? Yeah, yeah. I didn't realise it was actually about. Pornos, but yeah, okay, yeah. fair enough. So we've gone, so uh, we've got suicide, Satanism, pornos, and now we're going on to the environment. You know, the the big war. We're swinging on to a different subject matter in every single one of these songs, it seems. If you ask anyone uh, their political opinions, it's these four subjects will always come up. Yeah, so uh, next song is Revelation. Revelation. Revelation, Mother Earth where Ozzy Osbourne decides to do his best David Amber impression. 
give uh, an education about saving the planet. <laughs> so this is a wild uh, swing here. I think I again. I think I was distracted because um, all I've written here is is the, what's with the medieval vibe. Yeah, it's slightly. It's a, got a creepy opening guitar instrumental again, similar to Crowley, but not quite. It just yeah. I got um, I got here that it's it sounds very medieval. Yeah, it, it does a little bit. It sounds like a little bit green sleeves at all. Yeah, at the start with the mandolin yeah, or something like it. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is not a new thing going back to now with global warming and all that stuff. This is going back years to the early eighties. I mean, it goes back further than that as well. Yeah. But yeah, sure. Yeah. So you know, got lovely. As long as the mandolin, so we've got like the beautiful piano part as well. Yeah, well. I think I was more distracted by like this is a weird twist well, than than green yeah. Like, <laughs> so do you remember uh, in, when we did Sabbath? Uh, we did Iron Man, and they yep. used the vocal uh, They yeah. do that again in this song. Um, I kind of like it, but I kind of think it's quite cheesy as well in this song the way it's used. It does sound very 80s. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you say 80s. I think it sounds like fucking, you know, 1480s. Oh. Like, yeah, I just, I couldn't get past the, like, the medieval mandolin kind of vibe of it, you know, like, yeah, the green sleeves and, you know, in the hallway, in the, in the grand hall, dancing like this. You know? <laughs> like, so I, it threw you off a bit then. It yeah. just threw me for a bit of a, a loop, yeah. These these past two songs just kind of made me do, wait, what? 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 What the fuck's going on? What? Yeah, I didn't kind of like threw me off my game a little bit. I didn't write a lot about the songs, just more about like, what the fuck is yeah. going on? Yeah, so some of the lyrics again. Please let my mother live. Uh, father of all creation, I think we're all, we're all going wrong. I can't know English that is. Uh, the course we're taking, we seem to be breaking. Uh, mother, show the children before it's too late. So, yeah, this song came out in 1980. So this is well ahead of its time. <laughs> Compared to, you know, David Attenborough, Greta Thunberg or whatever. You know, telling us to protect the planet now. But, uh, yeah. Um, um, the song is about six minutes long as well. Did yeah. you tune out at any point? Probably, Probably, yeah. yeah. There's a long solo in it as a well. Weird, so. A weird message to be sending out to heavy metal fans. I don't know. Do many heavy metal fans hey, care about the environment? It's quite, you know, getting blazing drunk, worshipping Satan, and watching porno movies. We, you know, we want to take care of the planet overall. Um, so it shows that all, not, <laughs> all heavy metal uh, enthusiasts are Satan worshippers, you know. Anyway, it's a nice subject for a song, you know. I like, I like the song overall. I just, I think I got too distracted, to be honest with you. I didn't really write my feelings down about this song, sorry. Uh, there were no bonus tracks on okay. mine. Um, I mean, there were, but they were all just live performances. That's fine. Whenever there is one I've got, uh, which is you looking at you. What? You looking at me looking at you. That's what it's called. I do have that one. Oh. Sorry, yeah, I thought that was just on the album. I didn't know that was a bonus That's track. That's a bonus track. Oh, right, okay. Well, I did listen to that, yeah. What do you think? Um, I put, it's all right, it's nothing special. Yeah. And then, and then, actually, 
it kind of grew on me in the end, um, and I added it to my playlist. Oh, <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> um, I started off thinking, eh, it's Let okay. Let me guess, it's because Randy got his guitar out and started... There, there was some shredding, for sure. Um, but then it got catchy as well, and it kind of grew on me, and I was like, actually, I kind of like this. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Uh, and yeah, I added it to my playlist. Was that the only one you added? Uh, if I've written it down, then that would be the only one I added. Uh, to okay, that's just Stuart. Anyway, uh, I can I put I, I can see why this was left off the album. A bit meh, and then I've got fantastic solo from Randy. So, so we yeah. both probably kind of had yeah, the same kind of feelings. For me, it didn't make much of an impression, to be honest. Okay, well, it made a bigger impression on me, I guess. But, but it made an impression on you. That's that's cool. But we both started out going, "Yeah, it's okay." But then, yeah, like uh, I think as soon as the guitars hit, it kind of grew on me a little bit more. Um, probably not just as much on you, but yeah, I actually quite enjoyed that song. This has been a Rich T Entertainment production. If you like this podcast, come and find our other ones on Apple. Google and Spotify.